Sorry, we're closed. All right, guys, welcome back. Another episode, Sorry We're Closed. And uh, this is the episode, theoretically, we have, we ha- as we're recording, we have not run the World Trade Center. But as you're listening, we have. So if I'm sure our, you know, we posted our times on social and stuff like that. So uh, you guys probably already know how we did. Um, right now, some new math is in the, is in, in the works. I originally thought that I was doing over half at ten and a half minutes. That is no longer accurate. We we did it by stairs, and we found out that we're actually looking at about a twenty-six minute mile, twenty-six minute mile, twenty-six minute pace up these godforsaken stairs. <laughs> and uh, so my goal of under twenty-five is a legitimate goal now. It is something that is going to be difficult for me to to get. I don't have a four-minute buffer any longer on the current pace, mm. so I am, I am, I'm curious to weigh in. And Sean, update everybody on what your goal was. Yeah, so Mike, I have publicly well, last year I ran it in 24:46. So uh, I, you know, I'd like to be under 20 minutes, but I uh, taking five minutes off my time. Well, hold on, hold on. Was, what's a, is there? A, there's a public and a private goal. Yeah, because because I, there's part, there's a big part <laughs> of me that's like there's a, the part of me is like I, I recognize that taking five minutes off my time is ridiculous, uh, and I'm like I, I like don't want to say it out loud be, that I want to get under twenty minutes because uh, like I I'm not I'm really not sure I can do it. But I guess that's that is the goal. I want to get under twenty minutes. Okay, uh, there but, you go. we we just uncovered the private goal is now the public goal. Yeah, under twenty minutes, and so people are aware. There's there's strategy here. So last year, Sean would jog <laughs> up the steps and then take a wide turn walking. A super light jog, like a like like super super light. Yeah, super 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 light, <laughs> and would walk the 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 long paths. Mm-hmm. So. Just cutting out that big long walk, I mean, I think you're taking two seconds per floor off your time. Two seconds yeah. times 104, you're talking about at least a couple minutes right there. Yeah, a little bit more than that, you know. So, uh, I think if you can keep that pace, I think there, I think it's realistic. I think it's a yeah. I saw I did the math, and it was I think it was something like if I can get it at 11 and a half seconds per floor, then I get it under 20 minutes, which that doesn't sound like that much and I think it's a good number to have in my head as I go up where it's just like I just every floor I've just got to get it under 11 and a half got to get it under 11 and a half got to get it under 11 and a let 11 and a half and I and I did a little little uh, uh, work on my own just to kind of gauge that and it seems that if I like do a, a, a walk like a march like like I'm pushing it you know, I'll get I'll get that if I can stay consistent with it so uh, I feel like I can definitely do it Um but it is it's a it's a major major you know knockoff of my five minutes from last year yeah so i had some breaks in on my time on the 10 and a half minute time my average 18 flights was two minutes so that let's see here what's let's do some basic math 104 divided by 18 times two that puts me if i kept that pace which i'm not I kept that pace. I would do this in about 11 and a half minutes, which would be a world record. Yeah, unbelievable type stuff. So, 
again, I think both of our goals are ambitious uh, for where we're, we're both at physically. Uh, but I, that's the whole point of this damn thing is yeah. to is to push yourself and and try to try to and try to do something you've never done, yeah. um, and may never do again. I certainly may never do. This <laughs> I can't I, I can't wait to I can't wait to get up there, get my water, and just and just wait for you guys to come up, man. I think I can't wait to I can't wait to hear how it goes oh, for everybody. Oh, I'm just gonna just obviously just beating us. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna do that. Uh, but the. Um, the other thing, and the more fun part, I'm not drinking. I've turned down all fun activities throughout the week. I've been asked to golf a couple times. Nope, not doing that. We had a fundraiser tonight, which is not a not theoretically a fun event. It could be, but uh, turning down that. I'm not doing anything that's fun. <laughs> but quickly, the luck that I have <laughs> that we have. I have a wedding on Saturday, the day before. Not only does the wedding start, it's already, they've already eloped. So not only does the wedding start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my understanding is that it ends at 8 p.m. Not only is that lucky, on top of it, it's a dry wedding. Yeah, there that's crazy. There will be no alcohol served. You'll never go to another dry wedding in your life. This is like so serendipity it's, at its finest. Yes, it's mind-blowing that the day prior to this, that somehow, out of all the weddings I've ever been to, somehow the dry wedding, p- probably the only dry wedding I'll ever do in my life, falls on the day prior to this, which is just spectacular news for me. <laughs> yeah, that's remarkable. Uh, and also saves me money because it, it's a, an hour drive. I was going to take a car service if I had if there was drinking involved. Obviously, smart, you know, not you know. Against the whole drunk driving thing. We don't like drunk drivers so, on this podcast. This is an anti. No, we don't. Podcast. No, we don't. Hate them. Hate them. Uh, so, against that, so you know, I was. It saves me money. I don't have to do that because I can drive now. I can do my own drive. I don't have to worry about it. I can, I'm going to drink water probably because I don't really have anything else. My my all of the liquids that I consume are pretty much water, coffee, and alcohol of some sort. Yeah. I don't drink anything. I'm like and I'm small like smalls. A, and small smalls, <laughs> but that's just water. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a a beverage guy as far as like like Coke. I know a lot of people like like chill. I think my my old uh, college baseball coach used to go on the treadmill, walk for an hour while having a diet Coke, <laughs> which I thought was not the greatest idea. But to each their own. Teach my college well, basketball co- coach was always Mountain Dew, always Mountain Dew. Yeah, always Mountain Dew. Yeah, listen, Code Red back in the days was fantastic. Code Red has now come up in our world like. Three times in the last two weeks, which I don't yeah. think I've talked about it in a long time. But um, anywho, so hopefully we'll we'll report back. Obviously, follow us on social. I mean, this is stupid to say this now because uh, you're listening to this after we've already done it. But um, well, I'll be gearing up for my next event when you guys when you guys hear this, so uh, you yes. can follow me training for the next one. Yes, and I will be. We'll have a nice brunch afterwards. We're going to Bubby's in, Bubby's. in, in Manhattan, uh, which apparently I have to it, I have to try the pancake flight. That's apparently a thing, but that would be nice. That would be my first drink since last Sunday, which also was, if you were following me on social for that, I put up one Instagram story, which looked like I was having the time of my life. Um, but great time, great time. But moving on, we had, I don't know if you guys follow, uh, oh, Tiva, do you watch Succession? Yeah, I was really into it. Have you watched it in full? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so quickly, this is going to be spoilers. So if you have not mm. watched the finale, please Fast forward through this part because this is spoilers. We're going to be talking about the ending. 
Uh, and I know I don't keep up that well, although I kept up well with this show. So if you haven't, um, you know, fast forward. But we have a video. TiVo, you were able to play it here for a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna put. It, I'll put it in. Um, yeah, so we're put gonna it play in. it. So we've already seen that. We've already seen it. So we don't necessarily need to react live here. But the the ending. Let's first off just talk general. Yeah. Ending. Personally, eh, very unexceptional to me. Vanilla. I, yeah, I, I I thought it was you know it was you know, this is how the story went so. Yes, I understand how the ending, how, why it ended here. Like, no, not one single of the, not either of those kids or three of them deserved to be running that company. They're all yep. fucking losers, and they're all, they're all. Completely... <laughs> they're bullshit. We're bullshit. We're nothing. Kendall, yes. you're nothing. I'm nothing. We're nothing. We're bullshit. Yes, correct. And I agree 100, percent Roman. Same. Uh, it's like when his dad, when his dad was when they did the the wedding, the the scene where they bust in and, and Tom like backstab shiv and the kids mm. approached their father and he was like fucking amateurs <laughs> it's like that was yeah i was like damn they are fucking amateurs they don't know what the fuck's going on they are they and they, yeah. I, the whole the whole four seasons of them just like clamoring for daddy's attention was just uh, i couldn't yeah, stand that it, yeah it was bad it like the as far as these three these three kids i mean it is embarrassing the the spectacle they put on at the end of that the end of that season or end of the the show it was everything it was like jesus christ i was kind of I, I wondered i thought it was i thought the ending was great i thought that last episode really was great. yeah i mean i thought it for was all the solid reasons, but there was no surprises yeah, let's hear it Tebow. right but for the reasons you're saying that you, maybe you didn't like it i guess we didn't dive too deep but like you keep out of those kids you're calling them kids you're calling them kids and it's just like that's that's what they showed at that last episode is like I mean, it's a tough shot. Sure, they're billionaires. Like they want, like that's if it's money you're looking for, then they have it all. But they never had a normal childhood. They never knew, probably real friends and parents and fathers and mothers. And it's just like that end last scene in the boardroom. It was children. It was it was children fighting yeah. in the basement or you know just you know at the, at the house. I mean, and, that's a pretty deep take there. Yeah, that's that's how I took it. I was like, holy shit, they're unraveling and they're just they're just children. They they don't really know the real world so it's a weird world yeah i thought it was i thought it was i thought it was just like i think in a a series like that like where it's so popular and everybody loves it uh you know you you want that like whoa holy shit moment uh and we didn't really get that i think i don't they kind of tried to do that maybe at the end with shiv uh changing her mind but uh i i I didn't it didn't as as somebody who really loves like creating videos and i've never really made a movie but i like music videos and i like to write i I looked at it as what you said it's like okay what are they actually going to do the writers and where's it going to go you can kind of end it like they did and just kind of tie a knot on the storylines and what happened with the business or you got to have like kendall jumping off the roof and killing himself and so like that's that was the divergent path, and, and I could have seen it the other way. That would have been a no-shit moment for sure. But I thought what they gave you with that huge, big business, behind-the-scenes look, it was all really real. The whole That's why everybody got drawn in. I do. It was so real and so in-your-face, like, tantalizingly fun to watch these storylines play, but they never really went over the line. Their whole storyline was pretty plausible the whole way. So then to go I, off I the rails at the end, thought it would, it would have been a little ridiculous maybe. I mean, they kind of. I remember everybody always kind of assumed that it was based off of the Rupert Murdoch character, uh, and and a lot of the things they talked about. Uh, ironically, uh, my girlfriend she used to work for Fox, uh, and she said that scene where uh, Logan comes in and stands on the uh, 
uh, on the boxes of yeah. paper. It's, apparently, Rupert literally did that Thanks in the newsroom, exactly like that. So they have like loosely slash kind of tightly associated this show with the Murdoch Empire, and I think that in, to what you're saying, I think that makes sense. And they have, I think they tied a bow, they tied it up nicely, they did the thing. But from like the entertainment purpose, uh, you know, I know I didn't want Kendall to jump off the roof, uh, but I would have, lo- I would have loved to see a like a like a holy shit moment. Yeah, I mean, listen, my my take is the opposite. Obviously, I mean, this is yeah, okay, yeah. Everything was plausible, one hundred percent. Tiva's correct there. Everything kind of went. We could always see this is actually how things go. People, you know, you got you know at the end Roman having to take a having to take a picture with the guy um, when after the sale is done, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. But it, to me, like I said, this is Hollywood. This was, I'm not here for plausible. Yeah, shush it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't watch this whole series to watch a plausible transaction between <laughs> two guys. This isn't buy. a documentary. Yeah, no, I don't care. Um, like, And even though you see documentaries, they fucking Hollywood it up to try to make, to try to sell things. Yeah. So, like, again, I was there to watch a show of ridiculousness. And there was a ton of ridiculous bullshit these kids were doing. And now there's you know certain points I was like, all right, Kendall can do this. Give it to Kendall. And I was like, wait a minute, Roman? He's kind of – that's kind of good. And then I was like, oh, never mind, not Roman. Shiv seemed like a piece of shit from the beginning, although she seemed a lot – I thought she had a stretch. She had a stretch where I thought she could do it. Yeah, I don't know. She was just – I think she was like, – I, like, we're going to get into this, into that, that, that clip that, um, uh, that we saw on TikTok. But she just always seemed to kind of like – do her own fucking thing and just kind of stick it to people. Yeah. Um, and I just I thought a lot of it was. And then she was the same way. I remember I think it was season three. She was all butthurt that her dad reneged on getting her the her giving her the the company, and was like crying about it and all this stuff. So like, I don't know. I just think the whole thing. Like I said, I wasn't there for it. And I think we had a little bit of a Sopranos moment yeah. at the end where Kendall's sitting there. And we're all kind of thinking, because based off his conversation with Shiv and Roman when they were f- bickering like children in, in that, in that um, office, that he was like, I need this. Like, yeah. everyone felt that as, as, wait a minute, this guy might. He's already had, he's got a, now falling out with his kids and his wife. I mean, wife. it really felt like he was going to do it. It felt like he was going how to many of us were? How many of us looked at the elevator button that he pressed to see if it was going up or down? Yeah. I looked, right? <laughs> and then the guy that got in the elevator with him, can you imagine getting in an elevator with somebody after that just happened? Like, let him take it by yeah, himself. No give, him, give him a breather. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, and then, like, the, the, I don't know what river he was at, but it was rushing very fast. That was, that was Battery Park, where okay, he was. Thanks, Sean. Uh, so, they, so yeah, you had a rushing river there. I was like, That's moving pretty fast. If he jumps in there, it's gonna be tough to save the guy. And then he had what's his face following him. Hmm. So like, I, there is like a little bit of a Sopranos moment there. Did he kill himself? Did he not kill himself? So I was kind of on board with him not like him not doing it in the camera, but like having like okay, now we're all kind of left speculating. Do we think Kendall eventually did that and eventually kind of let go? But again, it, it was it was. It was there was nothing there. It was kind of vanilla to me. Again, it was like okay, yeah, this was very plausible. This transaction between these these two companies and this guy overtaking it. This guy seemed to have his, his shit together way more than these three kids had it. Um, and of course, at the end, I, I at no point, in my opinion, did I think that something wasn't going to go wrong on that vote. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, we all kind of saw that coming, especially the way they were setting it up, like a little pauses between them. I mean, we kind of... There's no, like, oh, shit moment to me. The music starts playing. Yeah, like classic scary movie situation. gets quiet. We are no. At the end of the day, the whole story arc of that script is it it is a tragedy from start to finish. There is no season where there wasn't tragedy. So if you thought that, I mean, that would be a no shit moment if it was some big happy ending, but that's not how tragedies work throughout time no, go back to Macbeth not. and whatever so you know it, it was weird it, it seemed like I was like why is this working out they're in the Caribbean I thought they were gonna kill Kendall in the water I thought they might go go uh, yeah Kendall I was thought swimming. about I, when they were joking about it, I was like are they gonna grab a rock and just try and kill him yeah and it just goes to shit um and then they were getting together and they had the king's meal thing I'm like why is this this is way too happy like something's got to happen and obviously it did Obviously, it did. But anywho, going to that 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 video. Yeah, I'll play. I'll that, play the. Uh, uh, I'll play the video right here, and then you can uh, okay, discuss perfect. Tom. Do the names on Succession reveal the show's ending? Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm Newberry's editor in chief, and let's get into it. If you watched Succession, you may have noticed that many of the names are very, very intentional. Siobhan's nickname Shiv can also refer to a knife, and the family's surname Roy literally means king. Typically, TV writers use relatively common surnames for their characters. There are various reasons why they do this, and we don't have time to get into it right now. So always pay attention when there's a highly unusual surname on a TV show. In Succession, that surname, of course, is Wamsgans. Wamsgans is a very rare German surname. Gans means goose in German, and the Wams part of the surname comes from the Gothic given name Wamba, which means big paunch. Wamba also shares roots with the English word womb. Taken all together, we can interpret Wamsgans to mean goose with a big belly, pregnant goose, or most likely a goose down vest or coat, since a coat or vest would cover that part of the body. But all of this is just background information. None of it relates to who Tom is as a character. No, the real reason he was given the last name Wamsgans is because of this guy. This is Bill Wamsgans, an MLB player during the early 20th century. He is remembered for one thing, and that is completing the only unassisted triple play in World Series history. He took out three players at once in what is essentially the finale of baseball. It's no coincidence that Tom shares a surname with Bill Wamsgans, so you have to wonder if Tom will complete an unassisted triple play and take out all three of the Roy siblings to become the leader of Waystar Royco in the succession finale. Let us know what you think about this theory and go to nameberry.com to read more about the names from Succession. Yeah, so the the one cool thing what you guys just heard in the in the video that we uh, that was played is that they did have an interesting little tidbit about Tom's Tom's last name, Tom Wamsgans or whatever however pronounce it, but and the the interesting, as you guys heard, was that that he this guy, this old baseball player back in whoever day and age it was, uh, was the only one with an uninsisted triple play in the World Series. And it was interesting to see how the, did he just do that and knocked out all three kids, which he did. Yeah. And in my opinion, I am Team Wamsgams. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah. I I I'm ha- he guy that guy got treated like shit the entire way by Shiv. And was just a guy, and he was just—he was a soldier. He was following orders. He did what he was told. He was the only one that did what he was told. And then he had that one fucking move at the end of whatever mm. season it was. Third, and I think, right? Yeah. He got on, got on what's this on Logan's side, which was awesome. I was like, about fucking time you stand up for yourself. This motherfucker has been kicking you into the ground over and over and over again, and finally did it. And again, 
It worked out for him. Strategic. He yeah, and actually, like, didn't didn't Logan say something at the end of season three or around there where they're talking about like which team you're going to be on? And and oh, that's what it was. Oh, sick moment, right? When it was uh, uh, Kendall asked Tom to meet him at the diner, and and Kendall was trying to get Tom on his team, and Kendall said uh, he was like he's like so what do you think? And he goes, all I know is. I've seen you get beat up and like kicked and 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 just smoked for the last like ten years or whatever. And he's like, I've never seen that fucking guy lose. Uh, and he ultimately ends up choosing, you know, being on on Logan's team. But I wonder if that was some sort of like correlation, like the the one final team Logan. We like he he does not lose even to the end after he's dead. Yeah, and I, I again, I I think it was awesome. I'm happy for Tom. Uh, and again, it's interesting also, I've always wondered, and I guess TiVo, you'd be a good person to ask about this, is like, in these shows, uh, like, I always wonder if they're writing the seasons. Like, uh, you know, did they, did they write seasons one and two, and then as those are being played in HBO, they write three and four. Yeah. And, but it seems as though, at the very least, based off this last name, they kind of knew what Tom was going to ultimately, maybe not how, maybe they were writing it as well, but they kind of knew what Tom's storyline would be the entire time. If this, was, if this is actually why they named him this, you know, this last name, it seems that they kind of knew the entire way. I mean, T, do you have any, anything on, on how these guys write this? Yeah, I mean, I've never been in a show like this. but I, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, each show's different. For this one, I was happy that they decided to end it. In my mind, they definitely had an idea of when writing this script of, like, how they wanted it to end. Like you said, like, okay, we kind of see it going this way. We don't know how we're going to get there. Because at the end of the day, it depends on the success of the show, whether it keeps going or not. And so the... um. My best example for that question was Lost. I don't know if you ever watched or remembered Lost. Watch but that it. was a huge thing. Like, my family, like, got into it. The plane crashes this island. There's a fucking polar bear. You're like, where are they? And there's, a, like, and, and the writers came out on, like, a, a show. Like, it was recapping. It was CNN. It was, like, uh, you know, TV shows of the 90s or 2000s or whatever. And the writers were just like, yeah, we had this hit show. And we, we had an idea we wanted to go. And it was so successful that the studio was like, no, we're ordering, you know, 12 seasons. They're like, we don't have 12 seasons. And we, we don't know how to do it. They're like, figure it out. And so they locked all the writers in a room and the writers were sitting there basically talking about the show that they created and were basically low key saying like, yeah, we, we ruined it because we didn't know where to go. And interesting. It didn't get I insane. Was, it was insane. Yes. It, it, everybody stopped watching and just got, eventually got yeah. canned. Well, I watched, I watched the whole thing because I, I, I did enjoy it, but you're right. Like you were like, I remember like being like season seven and watching it and being like how did we end up here <laughs> like how is this a thing that's happening they never address the polar of- bear they're they're in like the caribbean never. island the polar bear runs through in like season one or two and they just never addressed it it was just like random polar bear well, theor- like- yeah did you did you didn't yeah i guess you have no interest in finishing it sean and i've given no. years to watch this you never watched it. i've watched i did the same thing i started watching it and then it, it got crazy it, it seemed as though that it, that this was really just kind of like purgatory they had all died in the crash yeah Okay. That's that's how the ending happened. And that's happened, cool that if that, that was, was the original ridiculous. purpose of the show, but there was no way that it was, and that's they, they admitted that. So it was like they transitioned yeah, it into course. purgatory, but the first three seasons were this weird island that they're on. They're trying to figure out what the island is, and they're like, well, we don't really know what it is or where this is going, so you're in purgatory. You can't. We don't know what it well, is. I mean – 
Listen, I can totally understand how they ended up there because it's the only way all this shit makes sense. It's like, what else? How could this all be real? This has to be purgatory. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah, a, and I, I don't watch a lot of TV shows for that reason. I, I got scarred as a child um, with Lost. I was like, what? Why did I invest all? This I felt time? that way. I felt that way about the OC. I loved the OC. Um, but it just started like the twists and the turns and the drama uh, just became relentless. Business wise, uh, makes over, sense though. That's why I love. Yeah, I love I get what's it. the um, True Detective. Like I love when it's high produced miniseries. It's a start to an end with good acting and good production. It's like that stuff's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I feel the same way. Like you said, business wise, you talk about the show House. It was the exact same storyline every single time. Right. And at the in the but last, you, you know, know what you're it, getting with those, to, though. That's a little different. Of course, but I'm just saying this is what you're talking about. Right. I mean, it, it, these in all TV shows, this is. I mean, like, listen, I'm sitting here right now talking about how Succession was eh because I wanted something ridiculous to happen at the end, <laughs> and this is exactly why they do those things because they they that's what the people want. The people want that crazy. It's like shit. How, House um, is like, man, this cancer's never been seen before. Well, it's cured in 35 yeah, yeah. minutes of television. <laughs> yes, exactly. We all know if it starts at 8 p.m. around 8:50 p.m., House is going to figure out what it is yeah. and he's going to solve it. And it's going to be just in the nick of time. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yes. So it is Wait, it so is. hold on. Are we all do we all think that Wom's Gams is an intentional name based on this uh, based on this on this World Series uh, baseball player, she kind of lost me when I she was so. talking about a goose on the video. So I don't know. She, that seemed to have no real purpose to the thing, but the name is so unusual that it's like, even like I remember thinking that like Wamscams. Yeah. What the hell did they come up with that? Um, I I'm gonna say yes, just because it's so unusual and it yes. it does fit really well. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that that was a coincidence. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, a name that they could have just named the person. Wom's Gams yeah. was intentional. Yeah, I think uh, that's so unusual. And the, and also not just that the Wom's Gams name. It could, you know, we could theoretically make the excuse that one of the guys that wrote it, you know, had some significance to Wom's Gams as far as like maybe it was his dad's favorite player or some sure. shit, right? Sure. Could that is fine. Wom's Gams is intentional, but then on top of it, for for what his record is. Yeah. Like, okay, a triple play, unassisted, all in in uh, in the World Series. Like that, it just it, there's too much. It has to be intentional. There's Side no note: How do you get an unassisted triple play? I was trying to think about this. Uh, Line drive catch. Somebody's got to be pretty stupid. Uh, tag the guy who's 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 so. Like, yeah, tag so the be, guy, tag the base. It, yeah, and then tag the guy. Which guy? So let's say it's like first and second, right? Okay. Let's say it's first and second. Um, you would end up somehow tagging the guy. Let's say the second coming baseman. to second and second, so leaving the second. second. Base, yeah. So let's say uh, it'd be a line drive to the second baseman. Yeah. Tag the guy in the middle of the base path and then tag second base for the guy that they're on third. Things that's going because he has to come back to touch second. Okay. Base. Yeah. I guess that would work. Um, so there is a way to do it. It's the reason why there's only been one. In World yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured, but I was like trying in my head. I was like, "What's the somebody on the base here? path has to do something very stupid?" Yeah, like he got he was stealing the base or something like that. It was a line drive, knocks or uh, hits the gets the guy. You know, tags the base and gets tags the guy out. Yeah, again, it's 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 a free play, um, but I, it, it, again, it theoretically could happen. Yeah, but again, obviously theoretically, it, it did happen. Um, speaking of shows, though, and sitcoms, 
because we just talked about how, well, I guess House is not a sitcom, but those types of TV shows. Uh, we had that. I, I didn't realize this was even still going on, but a little bit of breaking news in the sense that, uh, at least for us on Thursday, is the guy from that semi show. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Do you remember? T-O? Yeah, Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson uh, did get uh, found guilty of rape, and I was wondering uh, what he does because rape. nowadays he was yeah nowadays Stephen Hyde on yeah, the seventy show Stephen Hyde that's it. Uh, but now you, don't, you never really know you know you used to you know there was always like a, a thought process of what rape was, uh, but now you there's you know people do a bunch of different shit, and uh, he was apparently putting. Um, like drugs into girls' drinks. Doing the, doing the Bill Cosby? Girls, I think it was. Yeah, two different girls, I believe, to disorient them and stuff like that and then eventually rape them, uh, which is insanity. I don't uh, get that. Nor do I. Didn't Bill I, Cosby I just, do I it can't. to like 80 people? <laughs> yeah, he was well, it's, it's not like I get Cereal. that either. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's crazy. Uh, no, it's crazy what, to even think about do. doing it, but it's... Uh... Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty fucked, but... Uh, I, I think the article read that he's facing up to 30 years in prison. Oh, my. Um, yeah, so, sad to know, see somebody from a show that you love, you know, go downhill, but can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I saw can't a bunch of people saying person. it ruined it. Yeah, it ruined uh, a lot of people that said it ruined that 70s show, which was a great show. I really yeah, enjoyed oh, that. Oh, I love that. When I, yeah, late, it was like on late night in the summers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I loved watching that 70s show, but. Uh, and Stephen Hyde, I loved Hyde. I thought I, I loved his character. Canceled, I was, canceled, canceled. Yeah, <laughs> canceled. He gone. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll miss. But, we'll miss uh, that '70s show. I know. Yeah. Just the. Have you have you watched the new one? Uh, I I put it on for nostalgia, just to get to see them see each other, and I was just like, eh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that '90s show now. Yeah, which also makes everybody me a from you gotta you gotta give that show credit. Everybody from that show, for the most part, stayed successful. I mean, Ashton Kutcher killed it, obviously. Yeah, and then they got married, and his girlfriend, who what's her name? Uh, why am I? Mila Kunis. Yeah, Mila Kunis. Yeah, and the parents of Eric stayed and did like different roles. It seemed like everybody was pretty successful out of that show. Yeah. Fez, and, Fez yeah, had a good moment. He hosted Yo Mama, yeah. <laughs> the Yo Mama. Did, did, did that one? Wilder right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone had a pretty good career. Yeah, honestly, besides Stephen Hyde, I don't remember seeing. You still get mailbox money from that '70s show, probably. Although that's going to take a hit. Probably. See, you ruin it for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's certainly going to take a hit. Um, but moving on to a little bit more of business, this debt ceiling, which I am—I got to be honest with you guys—I am not that educated to speak on. Um, I, based off of my very, very general knowledge of the, of the issue is that they're fighting, but they fought about this in the past and that they're always going to pass it. They're not going to let the, let, let America default on, on anything. Um, but I, it just doesn't see, I don't really know what the timeline is until this happens. And I also read recently just for a little bit of news, since I do somewhat keep up with it, I did read recently that Biden had a a meeting with uh speaker mccarthy hmm. and they did come to like a like a, a formal general agreement yeah so it's going through the the different the different steps to become like officially approved it's it's passed every every step along the way i don't know the exact process or when it becomes official either uh I, you know i think to me the interesting storyline is like obviously they're they're going to pass i mean that's they're going to raise the ceiling one way or the other. Like that's that's going to happen. It's all funny Obviously, money anyway, right? 
Yeah, I mean, for them, you know, it, it's it, you know, really doesn't matter. I think the interesting thing here that, from my perspective, is the fact that the election is coming up, and like the right thing from my perspective of, of financially is that raise the ceiling, but we have to find a way to increase productivity. We have to we have to find ways to uh, outproduce what we're spending, and we're outspending our our you know our the GDP by a ton. And, uh, you know, because of that, if, if you were going to do that, you're going to create like stress, internal stress inside of the country because we're just not used to that. It's just money going all over the place. Uh, and that is going to create hard times and that's going to make Biden not look good. Uh, and that gives you easy fodder for elections, for Trump to get in there, talk about all, you know, he's the big economic guy. Uh, and so I think that, you know, they're going to have to pump money into the economy to make the economy look good so that they get reelected, uh, which will ultimately, you know, provide a disservice to the U.S. Uh, over the long run. Uh, and could be, and and then same the same cycle is going to happen, you know, in four years later when they're trying to get the next guy in, and so on and so forth. So, I think that's the real challenge uh, that they're that they're facing is the you know trying to keep getting people elected, uh, and like trying to manufacture phony, you know, it's like a bubble of good times that eventually is going to get burst. And I'd like to build on that bubble thing because I I do. Um the financial shows that I run. I just like watching CNBC. I find it interesting and just the stock market. Yep. And I think main street and wall street, there's a big difference right now where all you hear is the banks failing and Oh, recession and all this. And I'm just watching the charts and it's just tick, 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 just going up. And this AI craze that hit the news wire the last like month or whatever is like these AI stocks are flying. Like after chat, chat GPT came out, um, anything with AI is just getting money thrown at it. And then NVIDIA, which is one of the biggest chip makers in the world, you know, had this awesome earnings report and just danced AI everywhere. And like, I mean, huge stock, huge market cap went up 35% in one day. Like, I think it was the, one of the biggest moves the stock market's ever seen in a market cap like that. And so to Sean's point of this, this bubble of like, you're, you doing false good times, pumping money in this stock market runs wild. It's like, eventually something's gonna something doesn't look right in, in my uneducated financial opinion of you can't have all these issues and the big wigs are making all this money and then all the, all the all the people that told you banks are failing get in cash put your money on the sideline they're gonna see the stock market rocket they're gonna get scared put their money in and then the rug gets ripped out you know six months from now yeah the uh so here here's a here's a stat for you uh so the the shiller PE indicator, also known as the Buffett. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the Buffett indicator. The Wilshire GDP is the Buffett indicator. But the Schiller basically is comparing, it determines whether the market is overpriced or underpriced. Uh, and in the 140 years of the Schiller PE, uh, the average is 16.4. Since 1870, the Schiller PE has re- only risen above 25 three times. 1929, it rose to 32. Uh, then the market crashed by 90%, Great Depression. Uh, in 2000, uh, it rose to 44. Uh, and then 2008, market crashed uh, by 50%. In 2016, it rose to 31. Uh, and it's just still going. Uh, so uh, I think right now, let me see. The current one looks like as of today 
if this uh, if this is accurate is yeah it is twenty nine point four three. So if you know if those if we're looking at those statistics, uh, we are and according to this website actually it is significantly overpriced inside of the market. And that's why you hear like even Buffett they Buffett's for years have been, has been sitting on a ton of cash just waiting for. I think Patrick, you told me this, like sitting for the, waiting for the whale, right? I mean, yeah, that's what he does. That's uh, you know his his thing always is he's not going to to buy things until something bad happens. That's why he was the only person that the American government went to in 2008 to save the economy. And he was just going to buy Bear Stearns and or and um, uh, end up buying uh, Lehman Brothers, but there wasn't enough assets there to even warrant the price they were asking for Lehman, which is why Lehman collapsed and why Bear Stearns got purchased for two dollars a share by J.P. Morgan. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, here, when it comes to this type of stuff, uh, and it comes to what's overpriced, what's not overpriced, it, it's so difficult to really get a gauge on on what's going on. Like you said, like as far as money is concerned, they can just print it. Not that it's a good thing, but they just print it, and then you know it's, that's just going to inflate the market. And then you need something like like. COVID happened and it smoked the economy, uh, but it, you know, in in the sense that's that's a disease. That's what you need, and uh, that's what you need. Between no, dude, it Hitler smoked the economy. It smoked the stock market for like a month tops, and then it rocketed. Well, that's it's just a, that's a bounce back because all smart people realize that this is you know America's still going to survive, right? So we're just going to everything's enormously cheap. And that's what hey, but the summer is not always a great indicator of where the economy is. Right, Wall like Street versus Main Street, hundred like percent. Yeah, so I mean, I'm the same way. I, I have I hold like two stocks, and one of them um, is uh, an oil company called Valera, which I'm sure you've seen their gas stations. Good company, pays a good dividend. I've just sat on it since you know 2000 or 2020, I think. I bought it in March of 2020 at like thirty five dollars a share. It's got up as high as like hundred and forty a share. Uh, just because I knew it was a good company, it was solid, and it wasn't going anywhere, and America wasn't going to fail, so I'm just going to keep on going here. Uh, and that's kind of how I approach all, all of these types of – any type of – even in, in like you know when I buy bars and stuff like that. It's you know what, what realistically am I betting on here? Uh, not just like, oh, Green Rock's a good bar. People go there. <clears throat> it's like, okay, where is it located? All, the, like all these things you're just betting on on what's going to happen uh, and making sure that you're betting on something you're educated on. Uh, no matter where the stock market is, because like, you know, like you said, like you know, unless you're expecting you know the the 1929 crash of 90 percent, you know, you, if you like Sean as as once you know said recently, is like if you find a good company, just buy it. Like it's a good company, and over the long term, it's going to go it's going to go higher. Who knows what what's going to happen? We have like you said, these politicians who need the economy doing well, you know. Historically speaking, the economy is good. They get reelected. Um, so, you know, they want those types of things to happen. Uh, but I think for the, the – I think there's a, a bigger concern uh, for the average Joe, and that is the news of BlackRock uh, creating the biggest real estate uh, fund that has ever been created in the history of the world at like $31 billion. And they're – that, That's not that recent though, is it? It's about a month ago. Um, really? But – yeah, uh, and the concern here is in their in their filings and what they're talking about, what they're who they're targeting. There's single family homes in there. So you, now you go to you know Colts Neck, New Jersey, to buy a home, and now you're competing with BlackRock. 
I mean, that was the consideration when they were talking about what's that? What's that? Zillow. Zillow would would buy a whole neighborhood, and then just raise the prices. And now the the, the early homes that they were buying at these small prices, they controlled the market. So that's how home prices went. That's where that they were just going to control that neighborhood and how those prices went because that's just they could can do that now. They own the whole freaking thing. Even if they didn't own one or two of the homes, they still controlled the market. So. You talk about these big, big money companies coming in with this, with a lot of money. That could affect a lot of people as far as, you know, the average people just trying to buy their their home, their forever homes with their family. And you start competing with these huge, these huge, huge companies. Uh, you could find yourself in in, in, a, in, a, in a bidding war with a company that's got thirty one billion dollars to play with. Um, yeah, but which, what are they going to do with those single family homes? They're going to sell they're them, right? They're going to buy a tremendous amount of them. They're going yeah. to put it in a, they, they, with all this money that's coming to the fund, and they're going to rent them out. Oh, okay. And they're going to rent them out, and they're going to you know, try to get positive cash flow. But once they control them, they, they can over, like I just talked about with Zillow, they can overbid for a house, pay, pay, pay way more than they should, because if they're going to own all the homes around them, now that, that they, they control. That's what, that's what uh, the whole real estate world is comps. So you control the comps. Yeah, I can overbid for this home that's not worth it, and then build them all up, make them all way nicer, and now I can make whatever the comps are. The comps. That's you a just, great point. Yeah, you just you can you control it. Um, so it, it just change it just changes how thing how things go. And like you said, when you're talking about these big firms stepping into it, BlackRock will be the only one. Now that BlackRock did it, a bunch of other companies and, and big funds will do it. And when now you're competing with all these funds. I mean, you're in. There was I saw a TikTok there. You're just going to turn America into like a, a renter's place. Uh, you just rent here because all yeah. these huge firms own all the homes. And listen, again, there are situations. Like I know, I just saw this. I actually saw a TikTok. I think this morning they said, "What is your most controversial financial advice?" And it, it was because this goes against the American dream. Is you know, renting is sometimes a much better financial decision than than home than buying purchasing a home. And the the way I explain this sometimes. I thought of it myself is that let's say I want to go rent a home for or let's say I want to go buy a you know a 10 million dollar home let's say for example and that mortgage is going to run me 40 50,000 dollars a month rent is going to be around the same right cuz the guy that's the landlord is going to want to he want a cash flow but let's say he can't so it's going to be 40 grand at closing I have to let's say I'm rich enough to afford this home I got to put up 2 million to, to the bank, the bank's gonna give me eight, but I gotta put up two million. At closing for the rent, I gotta put up eighty grand. So now that two million that I had, I still have one point nine two in the bank that I can go make money on. So in that scenario, you have one point nine two to invest into a, an, a let's say a bar that's gonna return thirty five percent. That's just what I know off the top of my head. You know, or any type of company. That is a way better financial decision than buying your home by by just plopping two million into a into a into a home that's just gonna sit there now. And yeah, yeah of course I, maybe I, you could refi, pull money out. There's other ways to do it and there's people that are smarter than I that would come back to me on this. But so, if you got money to be buying and, and investing and cash flowing yeah, I might. That's always. What I, I'm I couldn't agree more. And taking a different example of not everybody has two million in the bank. Like I'm 30 years old. I've done well over the 10 years I've been out of college enough to be like, hey, I'm looking to buy some property. I want to diversify. I'm big finance guy. I got my stocks. I love. I like crypto. Did did okay in that. And so I'm like, I want to diversify. I'd like to own a home. 
And I'm looking at, you know, that, I'm just, I, to your point, I'm just like, well, I don't want to live there. And I'm looking at what I could afford to buy. I'm just like, I wouldn't really want to live there. I could go rent something much nicer for, you know, a lower, you know, start cost, like you said. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'm just going to own something. I'm looking at it and I'm just going to own something and rent it. I'm going to buy, you know, $150,000, $200,000 little townhome, one, two bedroom, and I'll just find the area that I know is good for renting and then I'll rent it. So I like, I guarantee you I'll be a homeowner. And I'm not going to live in that home in the next, you know, two years. Yeah, and again, there's there's a, a, a tremendous amount of ways, and this is why I hate, and this is why I love the the thing we talked about last week, where I brought on that that video for the guy giving financial advice. If you're homeless, <laughs> sell your current home, and then buy, you know, like it's the most ridiculous financial advice you find on TikTok. And I get why they do it, and everyone has their own way, but there's so many different ways, which is one of the reasons why I never want to be this guru uh, or anything like that, as far as helping people, you know. You know, get into financial freedom, whatever it is, because there's a thousand different ways to do it. But like, if if I if for my let's say I had children and I'm giving them advice, like I'm always going to like listen. If you have you know ten thousand dollars in your bank account that you're ready to put into a home, let's say you do ten percent down on a hundred thousand dollar home, you know, okay, you did you that's fine, and and that if that's how you do it. But if you're if you have no interest in buying you know uh, an additional property, or if you have no interest and buying it into a business or anything like that, and you want it, and then that's, I think that's a solid investment. Put your money into your home, and you have good equity into that, and continue to move. Which I think is most people. Which is, yeah, which is why it's theoretically the American dream. A bunch yeah. of immigrants coming here, they didn't have a ton of money to be putting into things, and that was, that was the progress. And let's be honest here. Let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, we might not be in the positions that we're in now without them having followed that path and, and creating yeah. some wealth for the themselves. Bar- the barrier to entry better. for the last two generations has been a lot lower. I mean, I feel like everybody complains like that, but I don't know. Just it feels like... Barrier to entry for what? Like buying a home. So I just feel like the average... Well, that's the whole 2008 crash. Yeah, we should have bought then. I mean, yeah. <laughs> There'll be another. Yeah, I think there will always be another crash. But the uh, in 2008, I mean, they were just they they were doing you know with these different types of loans where they didn't have to pre-qualify anybody. They didn't show any proof of income. They didn't show anything. They just were giving homes out at ridiculous interest rates, and there were variable rates. And then at certain points, these variable rates were going to skyrocket, and then people weren't going to be able to afford the homes. And then boom, they were going to they weren't they were in default, and it was going to be mass default. And then on top of it, they sold these 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 mortgages in these bonds in these big conglomerates of things and sold them off as triple a rated um uh, investment opportunities to these big hedge funds which then were then they were going to default on it was going to be a disaster in which that's what turned out to be that's just kind of how the 08 crisis happened um and again something that you know people like us have no control over if they go ahead and do this again we're going to be sitting on the sidelines and hoping that we 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 invest on the opposite end of that because these guys are gonna it's gonna happen again. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a bunch about how they're they're, they're they are doing that again. I've seen it too. I'm sure there's regulation involved. I'm sure there's more things there that they that they can't do everything again. Uneducated on that, on exactly what's going on. I've seen a few things that said that they're doing it again. Who I, I, that I'm not looking far enough into it. My concern really was in 2020 the printing of money. Uh, you know, I knew I was calling it then. Like, we're this is not free. We're going to get smoked for this. Yeah, I think that there was my my big concern was that people don't know really know how to spend their money, and people can yeah. really come at me for this based off my Instagram posts. But the the I you know you have a bunch of money inflate the market, 
and 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 people are going going and they're getting all this money, all this free money, um, and uh, next thing you know, they spend more than they they can actually hold and next thing you know they maybe they default on some things maybe you know in 2000 i remember i was talking to my accountant i wanted you know let's say i want i can't afford it but let's say i want a private jet for example it's more the luxury stuff like these small businesses got all these millions of dollars in these ppp loans and all these things and they would if they didn't need them they didn't need they just had to spend a certain amount on certain things but the rest was kind of whatever and next thing you know they think they're bringing in four million five million a year because that's what 2021 looked like and they buy things that assuming that's how it's going to always be because of all this free money and now they they aren't (laughs) things have drastically changed in the in the businesses that i own at least and how much money they bring in from 2021 to to now and now they start defaulting on those things and all these private jets that these or these lamborghinis and all these nice homes that these people bought that let's say were forty thousand a month they can't afford anymore and so now they got to sell it at a, at a loss or the bank takes over. You know, those are, the, I think, the stuff that we're seeing at the, at the top and we'll, we'll start to see at the top. And, you know, you talk about trickle, trickle down economy and if it will be a, a, you'll affect the, the, the lower and middle class and how that operates. We'll see. But, and, and, and that's, that's why been, this is also the exact same reason why a lot of these banks are failing, at least to my understanding, is that they've gotten themselves into crappy investments, crappy mortgages. Uh, and it, it, you know, the it, it came to roost for them. Well, yeah, I know the first one that, that failed, the Silicon Bank. There was a lot of in there that talked about how they just they needed more cash. They didn't have enough, enough cash on hand to to get some of the people that were trying to withdraw. So mm-hmm. they started raising, and then there was a whistleblower kind of. Uh, we yeah. don't really know who it was, but that talked about how they might not have a cash reserves, and people got scared and pulled their money out. I think a lot of it was the, you know, so it, I, the I think Silicon Valley. Rates, the banks go and buy the treasury, the T-bills at the certain rates, and then you'll get your money back when you buy a bill like that. But it has to mature, so it's a two-year, a three-year, a five-year bill at whatever you know interest rate it has. And so you'll get the money back. It's like a guarantee against the U.S. government. You'll get it back, but when the whistleblower hits and everybody wants their money and it's like well the money's in the t-bill and if i pull it out yeah. now because of the rates you take the penalty of the higher rate and so you're if you have to liquidate that you're actually losing money if you liquidate so you had to liquidate a couple to give some money out but then you can't liquidate it all because then you're then you're broke because you don't have enough money yeah i mean and again and that's i mean the silicon valley thing to me is just pure panic that's a classic yeah, a run on classic, the bank you know yeah, exactly. It's a run on but the it's bank. a good education for the people that like. I feel like the average person doesn't fully understand that when you give your money to the bank, they go out and lend it five x. They're leveraging your money. So every dollar that you give to the bank, they're going to use five. They're going to be like, hey, here's a, we have a dollar. Give us five because we're the bank. We'll get more. Yeah. And they're going to take your one real dollar and four myth or five mythical dollars on leverage and go compound that times billions of dollars to go make these investments. Yeah, because theoretically, and again, blame the U.S. government or any government, because that's all governments how they do it. You know, if you give the bank a hundred grand, they really only have to keep on hand like twenty grand mm-hmm. for your deposit for your withdrawals. They don't have to. Keep, they're going to lend out the whole hundred, uh, or let's say eight, they lend it back uh, to you, you for a mortgage and then charge you five percent. <laughs> exactly, and that's how. That's exactly. I mean, I guess right now a lot of some of my money is turning into my in crypto podcast. Crypto's for the people. <laughs> crypto's for the people. <laughs> Yeah, crypto is certainly for the people, um, but yeah, you have these 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 issues. Like I have a lot of my money in in a high yield account right now, which is at four percent. 
but you can only have so many withdrawals per month. So because they need, they, they can't they can't get a run on the bank. Uh, so well, now, because they, they're going to lend it out at eight, nine. Just if you're interested, because I've always heard you say you don't know anything about crypto. There's a lot to learn about it, but part of the blockchain technology, which is really interesting, of a ledger on the blockchain, is there's these communities and these programs where people lend out their money on the blockchain, but you get to see where it goes. So, like when you put your hundred thousand dollars in the bank and they use eighty of it, you don't know where it goes, and that, I think that's. That's something that could be easily done in today's world, like with all the technology that we have. Like, That's it would interesting. Just be interesting to see where it goes. And then, why does the bank make five percent on your money and you get point zero zero one? So you have a hundred thousand in the bank and you get a nickel a month, and they're making. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It is. It, it really is crazy how this whole how the 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 whole thing works in the banking industry. Again, I I don't know a ton about crypto. I, I don't. I don't. I think the technology behind crypto is going to be is is. It's really, already used. Really, it's already uh, used in the financial system. Yeah. It's it's just a different way of operating finances. Is yes. what the pushback and, is because they don't want they want yeah, the control. It, it, Once they lose control, then that's it. It is a problem just, for I, our economy in the United States. It is. Yes, and I, I also I'm on the side of if the United States lose control control of the currency that we're all in shit right uh because now it's 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 fucking wild wild west out there and we certainly don't want that so i don't, I don't really know the only reason i never invested in any crypto it, this was enough for me um was the the volatility of it uh it's it's not and to me when you're that volatile you're not an actual currency you're you're a commodity um and not even really a commodity because they're, they're you, know, you talk about gold and stuff like that those are commodities and the reason why they're so good and stable is because they they're stable they don't move like, you know, the dollar today that I give to TiVo is going to be the dollar he gives me tomorrow, regardless of bad news for the most part. You know, if I gave him a Bitcoin, I'm taking the risk the moment that I would try to cash that Bitcoin into other dollars or whatever it is, it could be worth significantly less. And we've seen that in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's one of the more stable ones, at least from my understanding. It's one of the, you know, I, all the crypto people that tell me is like supposed to be the gold standard of, of of, of crypto somebody that but, I respect told me this Bitcoin's not for you and you and me. I mean, it can be, but Bitcoin's for the world. Yeah. And so we, we're so lucky to live in this country. And as much as we've been bitching about the banks for the last 10 minutes, it is a great system to be a part of oh. because there's so many awesome. places in the world where you can't go and take your money out or you can't. I can send you a Venmo, right? And you'll get it today and you can put it in your bank in three days. That's great. But I, I think what, what the awesome stories that I've seen and what this person told me is like Bitcoin's for the world. Like imagine you're fleeing your country and you have whatever money you have and you're not able to transfer it out of your bank. Like if you wanted to flee Russia, could you transfer your Russian, I don't know what they use, rubies to wherever you're going to try and flee to? No, you can't. But if you could get on the Internet and put it into your wallet on a hard, a hard drive and run away with it, like that's that's an interesting concept. And there's I've seen a lot of yeah. cool stories of Africa of people starting businesses and they just they just use crypto because like their bank put a withdrawal halt of like you can take out twenty dollars a day. Um, and then this it ruined this company, and they they were lucky enough to have some type of literally internet connection on some 1999 smartphone to run Bitcoin nodes hmm. to run their business. It's just like it, we take that for granted the the bank system that we complain about because it is like top heavy of everybody that makes money. But you know, there's so many other parts of the world that just don't have financial infrastructure. Yeah, I I, I agree. The utility there is utility to to crypto. Um, and I mean, the only time will tell how many of them survive, uh, but there is, and you're right. We, uh, America is, is just, uh, is a unique place 
in in the sense that we do we take we take for granted exactly the financial system that we have i think i always see this like if you're making i think if you were making like 30 to 50 grand a year in america theoretically you're at the top one percent of the world which is you think so ridiculous and you're all again i understand you talk about how like well cost of living here is higher so on and so forth so i get all that but it is when you put like little statistics just and again face value statistics not let's not dive into how the the, the cost of living and all that nonsense into that but you just look at the just pure just face value statistics and, and see that oh wow you don't need much here as far as as far as what you're making and i see a lot of people do that you know move they're moving to dubai they're moving to bali they're moving to all these places and just working online same thing that ass, that ass, i googled that shit the other week <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm doing this yeah, thing. You kill that TiVo. Right. Well, I'm doing this thing. You know, you guys are obviously, we're all remote and you guys are cool with me running around. But my, my other job, shout out to them. Like, I mean, that's a full time job. And they're like, hey, man, if you get your work done, we don't care where you live. Like, if you want to shoot photos at night for a band, that, that's sick. Just get your work done. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I was like, so I'm giving it a try. Like, I'm doing full time with a part time job and another part time job working remote. And I was just like, well, if I could pull that off, like, what about moving to, like, Bali? Everybody says you can live like a king for, like, $100 a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four-hour work yeah. week. Tim Ferriss right there. Yep. Um, anywho, uh, moving on and, and wrapping up the show. Um, you know, we can talk about the NBA Finals. I I mean, personally, I'd give two shits about the NBA Finals. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. I give, I give one shit. I love that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't give a fuck about the NBA Finals. <laughs> it's the Denver Nuggets versus who? The Heat? The Heat. Jimmy it's a pretty good match. It's a pretty good matchup. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Jokic. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup. And it, uh, of all the finals that could be there, obviously I'm not. I'm not going to watch. I might watch like some of it. I'm not staying up late to watch it. But I think uh, you know Jimmy Butler getting off the high, actually winning a title is pretty interesting. A title coming to Denver is pretty freaking wild. There's also a lot of statistics coming out that the Heat have been like by far the most successful team over the last ten years, or no, the last thirty years. I'm sorry. I think that was. I think I saw that on Barstool actually. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. I love having teams that are not. You know, like not the big dog, not the L.A., not the Lakers, not the Knicks, not the Celtics, the teams that always win it. I love, I love having that in there. So it's cool. Not going to really watch it probably, but it is. It'll be interesting to follow and see how it goes. The one thing I did like, I saw it on TikTok last night, and I want to make mention of it. Is I thought that uh, you see this play over and over and over again where Jokic gets hit on a half court shot, and then he goes and fucking ramrods this dude. Hmm. And there's a little altercation. Jimmy Butler's involved. All this stuff. I, I saw Jimmy Butler like screaming and be like, "Meet me!" You know, you talk about meet me in the back, all that stuff. We'll mm. see what's going on. And I always like, you know, Jimmy Butler seems like a pretty, pretty educated guy, a pretty smart dude. Like he's pretty rational, it seems. <clears throat> I was like, dude, like your guy started that. Like, why are you mad at Jokic? And then he set the record straight, which I saw last night. I don't know when this interview was. I don't, I don't know, but he set the record straight. I think it was like two days ago <clears throat> that the him yelling, the video, the clip of him yelling. He's like, I want to let it know. I was not yelling at Jokic. Like, I was yelling at somebody else, and that person knows who I was yelling at. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to make sure everyone knows that it was not – I was not going at him. And I was like, okay, so I'm a little bit more on board now because it didn't make sense to me. Like, this guy just came and smoked Jokic um, while he was shooting. Of course, he's going to be mad. And Jokic seems like a pretty likable character. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, like the way he plays. I kind of like uh, – he just seems to make ridiculous shots. Um, <laughs> but – 
Uh, you know, I'm again. I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. Uh, the way I've watched him play, he seems pretty. He seems pretty fucking good. Uh, yeah, awesome. I know you guys. I know you were saying how Jason Tatum supposedly better, uh, but it didn't seem that way last round. No. Jimmy's um, just a dog. There's just not. A, there's very few dogs no. left in the NBA. Which guy's just gonna? He's just gonna bully you. He's gonna out tough you. Uh, Jason Tatum is like a great player, athletic, skilled, smooth player, uh, but he's not—he's—he's he's not the same level of just a just a hungry bulldog, like actually starving out there. He's gonna d you up. He's gonna get chest to chest with you. He's gonna foul you. He's gonna annoy. He's gonna be—you know—those guys who are just like in your freaking face while they're defending you. He's one of those guys, and 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 you know that's that's like from our era of basketball. Uh, and actually, Jimmy Butler was in college when I was in college, so uh, I guess that on some level adds up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think that that's I I I, I love watching Jimmy play. Uh, I, I love watching Jokic play. Uh, but you're not gonna. I think Jokic's gonna you're not win. Gonna watch them be nah, <laughs> nah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't love it that. I don't love it that much. I really don't I give mean, two I just shits. Don't. I don't have a take. Yeah, I ain't gonna watch it. No. Yeah, exactly. But the one the the finale. I do want to make mention of this is this Taylor Swift tour yeah. and how insanity it is. Um, the amount of people asked me if I get them tickets. I was like, do, you, do I look like a guy that has like extra Taylor Swift tickets around? Uh, or any, for that matter? But I love a lot of her music. And to watch some of these, these, these clips from TikTok, it makes you like the music a little bit more. I mean, true respect to her for being like a performer and not just like yeah. rolling out there and playing, playing the venue. Like, and we, Pat and I, we were discussing this the other day. It's like this, the, the production costs that she must spend on that like that's millions, a ton of money that's millions, coming out of people's pockets millions uh to to put that on and do it three straight nights at MetLife. life i assume she's doing that for several nights in a row at other venues as well um i mean true like genuine respect for she does make she does i love i love her music as well uh, not so much the the later versions here of taylor swift uh but i, I mean i i would love i've been to a taylor swift concert and it ranks you know right up at the top probably number one uh you know, music event that I've ever been to. It's it. I mean, she rocks the house. She certainly. And I don't get like I saw um, some one of my friends at the show, and she was just weeping the entire show. Uh, that is weird to me. That I'm out on that. Yeah, it seemed a bit much. <laughs> but, but I do understand. Like, it seems like like one of the things that to me like that's nauseating about Taylor is like the like she like just like it, kind of. I don't know how to, the word I'm looking for. She, like, but, exaggerates everything aggressively on stage. Yeah, yes. And, again, she's performing, she's so I get sh- it. She's a showman. She's just, but, I yeah. know, but I'm just saying, it's just not my type of showman. Like, you know, I Bruce Springsteen's a showman. Uh, he, he's not doing he's not doing that stuff on stage. Oh, that would be that's, weird that's, if he was doing that stuff. <laughs> well, in his his version of that stuff, it's, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Not, it's not the same. So it's not my type of, of show anyway. Um, but... The thing that I, 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 she's always so gracious when she's, when she's, like, you never see a bad video of her interacting with fans. Um, I don't agree with everything she's said publicly about certain things, but like, she's also like, I think she's always coming from like a place of good and uh, it's someone you can kind of root for sure. and, and, and what she's doing. And I think, I think, in my opinion, that she is every teenage, early 20s girl in their shower yeah. and how they're doing it in their shower. They're probably exaggerating the same stuff, the same motions. Yeah. And I think that's why she resonates so well um, with, with, I mean, that show. You want to meet a girl, go to the Taylor Swift show. I mean, you, <laughs> there are, there's a sea of women 
at this show. Yeah, and, they're uh, they're in a they're in a good spot for you too. Yeah, so she's doing a, she's doing a great job. More more power to her. I don't know how much longer her tour is, if she's going international or not, or what have you. But um, she is doing one hell of a job putting on that kind of performance. So, um, guys, I hope while you're listening to this that I got under 25 minutes with the World Trade Center. I hope Sean got under 20 because now he got rid of that, that stupid-ass public goal and make your real goal your goal. Stand by your goal, Sean. I'm about to go uh, hit the stairs right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I got my, my shit together. Get, go get your shit together. I hope we, And I'll probably have enjoyed brunch. And hopefully our dear friend Brian O'Connor is still living after this. Um, after this For you, B-Ra. For you, B-Ra, because he is not known to be in the best physical shape, especially cardiovascular-wise. So uh, best wishes to all. Hope you guys had a great weekend. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Beautiful.